Welcome to the Sonic Collective's review of our September 2020 pick, Jimi Hendrix, Electric Ladyland. I still can't wrap my head around the fact that this album is 52 years old. And in the notes for the pick of this, it said that the recording sessions were said to be very chaotic, more resembling a party with friends and guest musicians popping in and out. And that sort of stuck with me while I listened to it. So let's get right into what people thought of the album. Uh, Alan, what did uh, what were your impressions? All right. Uh, I really enjoyed it. Everyone knows who Jimi Hendrix is. He He's such an icon, especially in the world of guitars and guitarists, like people... People aspire to be Jimi Hendrix. So I was listening to this album um, definitely with almost like a lens of what's the guitar doing? What does the guitar sound like? But overall, I thought the entire album was just a really, really awesome deep dive into uh, into the world of the Jimi Hendrix experience. Um, at no point in the multiple times that I listened through did I think like, oh man, this is, uh, you know, this is a really long and annoying album. That being said, I mean, there were a couple of songs that kind of exceeded 13, 14 minutes there. And at times uh, they kind of lost me in like a little bit of musical fluff interlude stuff. But otherwise, I think everything was super solid. Um, lyrically, it was interesting. The guitars, as I mentioned before, were just um, really great, especially when he kind of breaks into his solos. There was one song that kind of, it always threw me for a loop whenever it came on. Like I thought maybe my Spotify had started throwing some random stuff in and that was Little Miss Strange. I thought the, uh, <laughs> like the style of the vocals reminded me of the Beach Boys or something. Like it just felt out of place and not in a bad way. I mean, it was kind of cool. I just, I had to double check. Like, am I still listening to Jimi Hendrix? Like, what is this? A couple of standout tracks for me obviously all along the watchtower that's that's such a fantastic tune um and i liked long hot summer night as well rainy day dream away oh no sorry still raining still dreaming that was the one i knew in my notes mm -hmm. i put uh rain i just kind of caught the word rain there's two tracks on the album that uh talk about rain so still raining still dreaming is the one that i thought was kind of a another standout track for me so overall i really enjoyed it um some some tracks felt a little bit like they were like you could you could definitely tell this came off an album from 52 years ago and others i felt this could have come out today and i wouldn't have really noticed that it was a classic cool great insights uh alan why don't we throw it over to mr scott gregory yeah i uh i'll start off by agreeing with alan that little miss strange was a little little strange and a bit of a miss for me boom, boom, boom. uh i was like what was that and i think i pegged it down to it feels like a uh, a post drugs beatles track more than anything else and i was like whoa this is like one of these things are not like the others and yet for that period of time and that i could see it appearing on the album uh that aside overall i really enjoyed the album but i think it was more for its guitar playing and instrumentals than uh the lyrics and, and the singing although for some tracks like um crosstown traffic right i think that was great i don't think that song would be the same if hendrix wasn't singing on it and that one I don't know, it's kind of weird because when I listen to that one, I kind of get the uh, all along the Watchtower kind of vibe. I feel like as a cover, he kind of smushed 
cross town traffic into all along the watchtower and, and there's just that kind of resonance between those two songs and i love both songs so that doesn't bother me in any way shape or form i i like that there's two songs on here one called voodoo child and the other one called voodoo child uh and I think they kind of illustrate Voodoo Chili. Voodoo Chili. I know. I was so excited. I thought it was going to be a song about chili, but then it wasn't. Yeah. And I had to, I had to work with my disappointment on that to get through it. But uh, <laughs> you know, I, I think he's kind of at this crossroads between this bluesy influence and this what becomes a more hard rock kind of style for him. And those two songs really contrast those ends. And I lean more towards like the side four voodoo child revisit side of things. And I, when I, I look forward in time to all of the hard rock guitarists that he probably influenced that I really adored through the 70s and the 80s, uh, that probably exemplifies it right there, that voodoo child uh, song. Probably a little bit of Crosstown Traffic there. I really liked the second album if we were to take this back to the the vinyl side of things uh sides three and four like that second album got very experimental and i was thinking back to when we played ccr and they got really long-winded on a couple of their 10 13 minute tracks and i was like this is dog poop and i don't get that from hendrix hendrix i really like that i could like I could see if this was in my vinyl collection that the second album would be worn down and the first one would just get pulled out every once in a while when I wanted to actually listen through the entire thing, right? So I call that out because it's rare for me to to like it when people just kind of go off. And it kind of plays back to what you're saying, Scott, where this felt like a jam session where people were just coming in, partying, playing some stuff, exiting out and stuff like that. Yeah, overall, I really enjoyed it. Not a bluesy kind of guy, but I don't think the album was really weighed down by that too much and i think that's partially because he's got such a unique take on guitar and vocals that uh it overpowers that for me great thanks scott all right uh darren what did you think of it absolutely fucking perfection love this album i i think Jimi hendrix is a god among men really uh you know i i think i've always been a bit of a fan but i actually hadn't really dove into this album um, I appreciated who he was. He's one of those artists that I don't really own much on vinyl. And I always said, I'm like, damn, I got to get him. I got to get more into Jimi Hendrix. So I was pretty pumped when you, when you picked this. Uh, I mean, a few things that I think you alluded, it came out in, uh, October of 68. Uh, it was his last studio album. He only did three full studio albums. There was a whole bunch of other live compilations and all these other things, but this was the last one and the only one he produced. And I guess he went over the top uh, perfectionist during production. Uh, he drove his then manager and co-producer basically to quit. Uh, Chaz Chandler was his name. Um, and they were good friends, but just I guess he would be like, no, they would do. I can't remember what song it was. There's a story that uh, 50 takes just on guitar parts uh, to, to get it right. And apparently even at the end of the album, he still felt he didn't quite have the sound he wanted, but he was just going for it. It was a complete departure from his first two albums. I, I think it paid off. He would just said, I just want to make a unique sound. He was really pushing into psychedelia, obviously, really trying to push even that sound. So that, you know, psychedelic music had been out in the 60s a bit, but he was trying to like advance it. Uh, uh, there's no, uh, I guess 
doubting how much he liked his drugs. So uh, he was very apparent about that. Uh, they say that basically it was a party uh, more than a recording session because it was just packed all the time and it was completely distracting. Uh, he's super nervous about his voice, super nervous about recording himself. So it was just he would hide behind screens and things like that. So uh, really interesting. There's just, you know, so much to unpack on this album. It's so big. It, there's, there's a lot of different sounds in there. It's It's definitely... If, if you like more mainstream music, this might push you out of your comfort zone a bit and you might find certain songs just a bit too weird, uh, but uh, it's definitely worth a ride. I think it was awesome. Uh, this was ranked the 53rd uh, all-time best album according to Rolling Stone's top 500 albums of all time, so highly uh, influential, highly uh, regarded album for what it was. Uh, one thing I really liked about this album, too, and I love that Alan brought it up in his uh, review of this album, was how much he liked The Watchtower. And Watchtower was written by Bob Dylan, who we just reviewed last month. It was my pick, Blonde on Blonde. And everybody hated it. Well, pretty much hated it. Alan was the leader of the pack, but he said Watchtower was his favorite song here. Ergo, therefore, such as the Iraq, all of you love bob dylan and i knew it yes so bob dylan was on there and scott gregory you mentioned about how it just seemed like it was uh they're just jamming at a club but they actually hung out at a club called the scene that was close to the studio in new york and uh what they would do they would literally go there after hours and just jam and artists from all over uh any time they stopped in new york would just show up at this club and Jimi hendrix would just jam with them so at one point from traffic it was steve winwood steve winwood david cassidy showed up um, and or sorry, Jack Cassidy, not David Cassidy, wrong one. And, anyway, and so they just jam at this club and then they're just all blasted. And Jimmy's like, hey, let's just go down the street to the recording studio. And they played there on the album. That's Voodoo Chili. That, that's it. That's all the chili and the everything. Like the beans, like that's those guys. Yeah, that did it. Yeah. So there's a lot of cool stories like that. And apparently, apparently Brian Jones from the Rolling Stones showed up. Uh, Jimi Hendrix was a big fan and he wanted to play a uh, piano on it, but he was so drunk. He could, they, they're just like, you know, and it's okay. But uh, Jimi Hendrix felt bad and he just like gave him some, I don't know, some kind of percussion instrument. So at the beginning of that song, there's something being tapped. I can't even, it has some strange name and that's Brian Jones from the Rolling Stones. But there you go. Yeah, a few, few facts. But, I, you know, I think this album uh, is definitely uh, worth listening to. It is a guitar uh, masterpiece, just different sounds. He loves the wah-wah pedal. If you don't know what that is in, in guitars, that's uh, he was just loving it and experimenting with it. Um, yeah, I mean, there's just a, a lot to go. So, Scott, uh, we haven't really got back to you, though. What did you think of this album, man? Yeah, I, I love hearing you guys talk about it. I had never listened to a full Jimi Hendrix album. I don't think until this one. I'd heard bits and pieces. I, again, I, 52 years old. I, I just have a tough time th- thinking that this stuff is that old it also blows my mind that he's 25 years old when he made this right so mm-hmm. he'd done two albums before this and this was as basically as old as he got recording um i had a very trippy opening which is kind of cool when you listen to something the first or second time i kind of think of it like those rap albums where there's little skits part way through them like funny the first time or two and then midway through this album i can't remember which one it is now there's a little brief interlude i think it's moon turn the tides yeah, so if you're to make a small criticism, I think those things are good the first couple times beyond that, not really. But I I mean, it really works as an experience from beginning to end. Trippy opening, and then Have You Ever kind of walks you slowly into the album, and then, uh, you know, then it just kicks off from there. Overall, it wasn't as heavy as I thought it was going to be. I just expected it to be an overall 
heavier album. I really liked Voodoo Child or Chile or however the hell you say it. I just love <laughs> Chow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The just first kidding. one. Yeah, I just love the the long jam. It was it was very cool. Um Long Hot Summer to me, I I kind of Alan said midway through it I, I agree it kind of felt like a shift in album. Like the one for me um was burning of the midnight lamp i felt like it was a mama's and a papa's tune so yeah kind of midway there was a couple there that i would say long hot summer and burning the midnight lamp i kind of yeah it just threw me i again i felt like i was more in like a, a mama's and a papa's album there a couple that just didn't seem to to fit with the other ones um still raining still dreaming man i just started thinking of stevie ray vaughn who came after but uh, you know I'm like wow you can really see where the influence uh, came from and I like the segue of rainy day, dream away and the puffing within it. You know, you kind of just imagine a group of people sitting around a, a busy studio, getting relaxed, uh, kind of made me feel like I was there. So overall, I mean, great experience. And it is the Jimi Hendrix experience. Again, I, I felt like the middle there, there's a couple of tracks that just didn't quite fit in, but bloody hell, man, for an old album and a 25 year old guy, I mean, it's uh Pretty incredible, and I'm glad I finally got around to listening to one. So how about the categories there? Alan, uh, what did you feel? How did it influence you, let's say, or influence you even going forward? I would say it's probably – I'm going to be generous and give it a four for influence. Okay. Not only because I want to go back personally and explore some of the other stuff Jimi Hendrix has done, but also I know for a fact that he has influenced some of my favorite musicians, like uh, Kurt Cobain being one of them. Uh, often cited Jimi Hendrix as being a huge inspiration on him. Uh, influenced my taste. Let's, let's give that a four. I would recommend it uh, four, four out of four, four out of five. Wow. <laughs> four out of five as well. I think anyone who likes rock and anyone who you know respects and appreciates guitars specifically, they should really check out this album. So, uh, and then overall opinion, let's, let's give it a four as well. I think just four all across the board. It was really good. Um, there's a number of tracks that I will probably be revisiting, um, you know, as time goes on and I'm definitely going to dive a little deeper into what Jimi Hendrix had to offer the world. Great. Scott, uh, what are your ratings on it? Yeah. For influence, I'll give it like a, a three and a half, 3.5. Yeah. I, I think it, it, it's a great album. I can definitely see a lot of the weighting of that is the influence that it had pushing forward right i don't know if it's going to influence me to go down like a a jimi hendrix rabbit hole but you know when you mentioned the mamas and the papas and steve winwood and stuff like that it could push me to dive back into that era and go sideways instead of tunneling down on him right um but but i definitely respect the influence that he had on several generations after him uh, for that, I'm going to recommend this album actually at a five. I'm going to put aside my thoughts on the blues and uh, just say, you know, it's it's a masterclass on the wah-wah pedal, to go back to what Darren was saying. And, uh, you know, I just love guitar. And he he goes down so many guitar roads on this album. There's something for everyone if you, if you like it. And... And yeah, overall, I'll I'm gonna weight the recommend side more than the influence side, and push it up actually to a, a four point five overall on this album. Hey, wow, thanks, Scott and Darren. How about you? Yeah, um, I obviously love this album. I was sitting here and I was debating, like, um, like maybe I'll just do influence. It's fucking all fives. I love this album, man. I think this is what this club <laughs> is about. Um, even though it's not, you know, 
perfect for everyone for what it was and uh, what he tried to do. And it's all about creating your own sound and being different and and just being awesome. And he was a virtuoso at what he did. And uh, uh, this is uh, a, an amazing album and uh, you should definitely listen to it. Okay. For influence, I'm going to give it a four because I'm going to go back and listen to the two other Jimi Hendrix albums. And yeah, I think I'm strangely going to seek out a little bit of Steve Winwood and his other bands and, and projects too. I think I only knew Steve Winwood from that cheesy song from the eighties roll with it. Oh, or yeah, something. He did some cheesy. Yeah, didn't stuff. He yeah. The last kick at the career. Yeah. He, yeah. he cashed yeah, out. He did. A lot of <laughs> the last kick yeah. at the career but, can, but yeah, I got to go back and hear a bit of that. And even old ZZ Top again, which I've started listening to is, I think I mentioned this is, is Jimi Hendrix list Billy Gibbons from ZZ Top as an influence. Like that's how long (laughs) Billy Gibbons has been there doing it. Yeah. Yeah, Like holy crap forever. (laughs) So influence, I'll give it a four recommend a five. I think if anyone's interested in the history Mm -hmm. of music and rock, like you have to listen to this and overall I'll give it a four. So yeah, pretty, pretty highly rated. Well, thanks guys. I'm, I'm glad to hear we mostly enjoyed this one for this month. Everybody listeners, we got a new pick for the month of October, 2020 coming up real soon. Who's picking? Is that Scott Gregory? Alan. That is me. Monsieur Dupuis. Okay. And we'll, we'll have that on the website real soon. So thanks everyone for listening. Another exciting pick coming up real soon on the sonic collective.com. Mm-hmm.